This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. It's always a big day for me on Wednesdays because I get a chance to walk, to talk and see my friend Chip Patterson is dressing down today. We're on video. Last week, Chip was wearing a sport coat. Made all of us look foolish. Chip Patterson, Cover 3 podcast moderator, CBSSports.com. How are you? You dare me to do a wardrobe change? <laughs> right? I want you to put a bowler on. Well, I've, I mean, I've got a 140 HQ. Well, it's like a 140 call time, 145 HQ hit. If okay. you, you want to split screen it, CBSSports.com, uh, CBSSportsHQ.com. We'll be previewing uh, the SEC on CBS doubleheader. But, you know, maybe at the break, I'll, I'll switch it up and go get the sport coat. Just just to show you I've got the versatility. Right. But no, I come as I am here here as we get started. What is, uh, what is our SEC doubleheader this week? It's Auburn and Georgia at the 330, Texas A&M, Alabama in the 8. Look at that. A little, uh, little rivalry game and a little personal rivalry game. That's right. Um, not a single point spread under 24, yeah. <laughs> but daggum, we got talking points. I, I, I was going to get to that. Uh, neither <laughs> game should be all that competitive. Uh, and honestly, Br- Brian Horst is still uh, still the head coach at Auburn, right, for the time being? Oh, I, I'm so glad you asked, Adam. So here's my personal theory. Right. So last Sunday, for those who didn't watch, Auburn got out to a early lead oh, yeah. against LSU. In which case, you're like, oh, no, because if you're at Auburn, you want him to lose that game to make it easier to fire him. Correct. Then they blow the lead, and included in blowing the lead is an absolutely mind-boggling call for a halfback pass inside the (laughs) 15-yard line when you're trying to knock on the door and be able to get a game-winning score. I mean, literally, like, everything in the soup (laughs) that you want to warm up your let's fire the coach soul. Right. why didn't it happen on Sunday? Well, you know what else was happening in the state of Alabama on Sunday? Talladega. Uh, and I think it's just impossible to imagine that Auburn can be able to gather all of the power brokers they need to pass the hat around because right. they all got plans. They're all at the track. They're all at <laughs> Talladega. You can't do Auburn business on the same day that Talladega's hosting a race. So that is why uh, we did not see Brian Harson fired on Sunday. The popular theory, actually, is that he coaches against Georgia, he coaches against Ole Miss, and then they've got the off week, and right. they'll fire him after that. Gosh. I mean, Auburn Auburn cycles through head coaches faster than just about anybody. All right, Chip. Uh, the burning question I asked yesterday, uh, we actually put a poll question up that got a lot of response right away. Who's going to win the Coastal? Uh, I gave three choices and then field. Choice one, North Carolina. Choice two, Miami. Choice three, Duke. Choice four, Field. How would you answer that poll? I would answer North Carolina right now, but let Duke win against North Carolina for the victory <laughs> bell in two weeks, and Duke becomes a much more serious candidate to be able to uh, represent the Coastal Division the final time. Prime time, I believe, right? Is it a prime time game? ACC oh, Network? That was the other thing. And I looked, um, I, our friend Adam Rowe, I believe, shared the, like, ticket options. Like, that that sucker's going to be a sellout by the time we get to kickoff. It, it should be, be a sellout, sellout now. I, you, I don't want to speak. I don't, listen, much love to Art Chase and all of our friends at Duke. It, right. it could be a sellout right now. As of yesterday afternoon or morning, it looked like there are very few tickets that are left. Uh, 
could be a sellout, should be an amazing atmosphere. And of course, what would be the most hilarious, and I always root for the funny, right? would be for North Carolina to beat Miami and then lose to Duke. Yeah, North Carolina's uh, in Miami this weekend. Um, yeah. And guess what? Miami can't score. Like nope. that's the reason why my answer is North Carolina. To go back to your initial poll question, is that who can who can outscore Drake May? Right. Who in the ACC Coastal Division, where um, Brennan Armstrong looks like all of his insides have been hollowed out by Tony Elliott, where Virginia Tech, as we know, not only took a loss to the Tar Heels but can't score. Mm-hmm. Miami can't score. Georgia Tech is a mess. Um, Pittsburgh can't score. The the simulated results of Pitt Virginia Tech are fifteen to four this week. If you want to call your eyeballs, <laughs> no, 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 off, they're not. Watch Pitt, Virginia Tech instead of the amazing offerings that college football will provide for you this weekend. Nobody in the Coastal Division has an offense or a quarterback that can compete with what they have in Chapel Hill. Right now, my selection would be North Carolina. I, I appreciate the fact that you said, well, just wait and see what happens with the Duke-UNC game next uh, next Saturday, the 15th. Uh, yes. Um, Duke does have to get past a Georgia Tech team that looked at least defensively to be a little bit more, have a little bit more of an identity against Pitt. I don't want to get into that too much, but... Um, oh, I can real quick. Sure. That's one of my most confident thoughts of the week. Like, that game is where it all broke last year. If we don't see the the veterans on this Duke team come in with some real fire, right. to be like, no, they, they, they this team is not going to take our cookies like they did last year. I, I think there's some revenge okay. for the... People who the players who were on that roster last season should go in with a real fire to making sure that a Georgia Tech team that has just fired its coach is not going to make Duke look poor again because Duke played well enough to win and they just let that thing slip away. That was the beginning of the end, in my opinion. I think Duke wins that game by seven points or more. All right, let me uh, let me just go back to Saturday and what happened at Clemson just to get your thoughts. And I think you forecast this pretty well. Uh, in that you might have even been pretty close to the score line uh, on this, but uh, I don't know if it's that they can't or that they won't, but NC State just didn't show enough offense. And I, and I think it's it's more of won't than it is can't, although maybe it's won't because they can't, to really let Devin Leary throw. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's a good deep thrower. Too many way overthrown balls on deep shots. But the intermediate throws, he's pretty good at. Right. And they got first and goal at the seven, and then they went bag of tricks, dumb run, quarterback draw, settle for a field goal. I thought that was the game to me. I thought that was an indication that they weren't interested, or not interested, they weren't willing to take the risk that you need to do to win a game at Clemson? A lot of throws behind the line of scrimmage. A lot of throws mm-hmm. to the running backs. You know, if it's not Thayer Thomas, then you know, I, don't, I don't know who it's going to, who, who's going to be there uh, in terms of someone that they trust as a pass catcher for the Wolfback right now. I think that a lot of it should be credited to a Clemson defensive front that sure. I think played the best game of the season. They seem to have everything scouted. They seem to have everything... Mm-hmm dialed in and look then then it comes back to can't or won't in, in the way that you structure your offense because if things are overly predictable and you don't have counter punches then it's going to be very tough to beat the teams that are elite especially up front defensively 
I thought NC State's defense played well enough for yep. NC State to win that game. No question. And that's what makes it really disappointing because it was the missed opportunities offensively and the fact that even just throughout the game, it did not seem uh, as though if, if there was sort of like a scale or a leverage, it Clem, Clemson always had the upper hand when it was NC State's offense against Clemson's defense. And I physically, this is what you're encouraged by. Physically, NC State did not look too small for the moment. Right. And I think that intangibly, mentally, emotionally, like however you want to consider it, NC State competed mm. like they were ready for the moment. They did not wither up and they did not look too small. I think that is a great sign moving forward with this NC State team. But now we get into the intangible side of this where it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. You have huge games that are coming up. Are you going to, with a Florida State team dealing with injury issues, are you going to take care of business? Or are you going to have a little bit of a letdown? With a trip to Syracuse on deck, are you going to show up in that game ready to go? Uh, or is that going to be a letdown spot? Wake Forest still ahead in the future. There, there are <laughs> massively challenging games for NC State. It was never a one-game season for NC State. Right. It was always going to be the one game and then what comes next. Very disappointing to lose the way you did. The flaws were as feared. But again, I think that physically they did not look – they, they looked ready for the moment. And then I think in terms of competitiveness, they looked ready for the moment. They were just lacking the playmakers and the explosiveness offensively, especially through the air, uh, to be able to beat DJ Uyunglele, who, by the way, is just having a tremendous season right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I want to talk about DJU in a second. Um and I kept going into this game talking about State and Clemson and making references to the previous weekend when Carolina played Notre Dame, which I know it's not vintage Notre Dame, nor is it vintage North Carolina, or make, actually, maybe it is vintage North Carolina. Um, and North Carolina as a team was not ready for, and I, I hate to use the term, but big boy football. They were mm -hmm. not prepared to play a big boy football game, and they just got steamrolled by a program that was. And it looked different. It looked like different levels of football player on the field between Notre Dame and North Carolina. So I was going into this game, and I, and I thought, I don't think we're going to see that at Clemson. I think we're going to see a team that looks on the field like it belongs. They look the part. But I, I am a little concerned and this is more about the coaching staff, about the moment. Because there's a way to win or give yourself a better chance to win those games. And it's not playing a more close-to-the-vest conservative style. Because unless you have better athletes, you can't win that way, especially on the road at a team like Clemson, who appears to be pretty doggone good. Not what they used to be, but pretty uh, uh, not that far version from it. And I just thought that they didn't do enough to set themselves apart, and I think that was by design. And that's my I, problem. I, I worry that we are projecting our own hopes and dreams and sort of sure. wishes okay. where Dave Doran's challenge would be, look at what we've accomplished We've accomplished this by being us. Matt. This is what we do, and it's given us a chance to win. We thought we were good enough to win. We beat these guys last year. Like, however, he's going to build that argument, 
especially against, you know, given the, his longevity at NC State, I I just think that it is um, it does not seem to fly along with everything that we've seen. And honestly, probably a lot of the reasons that they have become so consistent is that they don't stray from right. what they do. And so you, know, we, you and I sit here like, man, like you couldn't you couldn't cook up any like you, you couldn't just like pull everything out of the binder like you could there wasn't anything in there that you any wrinkles or something mm-hmm. that you could throw there to to try to give yourself a chance well they couldn't do a, a Thayer thomas pass from the seven because they had just done it against texas tech already put it on tape so again going back to that game wondering why are we doing this um look i think you and i are on the same page about dave dorn I, like i I don't want to be critical of the head coach here because I think he's done an amazing job creating NC State's program as it is, which I think is going to be very solid and steady for the next however long he wants to be here. It's going as long to be- as he's here, that's a top 25 program. Right, and, that's, and that's, that's something that State has not had on a regular basis. But other coaches that they have had had a little bit, they punched higher. And that's my point. And you have to be willing to take some risks, and I understand that that's not what they do, but it. But then you're almost resigning yourself to, well, they're going to have to help us win. And I don't think there was much to much difference in terms of the personnel with those two teams. I really don't. I mean, I'm, I, you, you could argue in certain positions, State was better than Clemson. Clemson was better than State. I don't think there was a vast difference between those two teams. So if you don't have that, if it's pretty even, then you're either hoping that the other team helps you or you've got to do a little bit more. And I just think State was just going to play our game and see what happens, and it didn't work. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is disappointing, but I also think we need to give some credit to a Clemson team that is turned a corner. You know, that yeah. has undoubtedly in the last two weeks grown up, turned a corner, and fully shed its skin of everything that went wrong last season. To which I will bring up one more thing. Sure. Who was the uh, offensive coordinator for Clemson last year? Tony Elliott. Yeah, and and how, how's it going at Virginia this year? Oh, offensively? Wow. Are we going there? Jimbo Fisher receives criticism for his offense being too complicated. Right. And I, I I wonder if we're sort of on the other end of the spectrum there where it's just, uh, and look, Virginia's got an awful offensive line. They can't block. It's very difficult to build anything out when you cannot block, but Clemson's offense and DJ Uyunga Lele, they, they're, they're clicking. They're doing all right without Tony Elliott in town. So, I mean, look, it's the Virginia Duke game. I mean, that's that, that. It comes back to that. That was the Tony Elliott Bowl. Remember, Tony Elliott. Oh, did, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Nina King was just dancing in the box. <laughs> yeah, who made the right hire right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Duke Duke does look like a uh, a pretty tight outfit right now, so that's uh, good for them. Um, and I was I was always Team Cutcliffe. But it was apparent at the end that uh, David was going to do it the way he wanted to do it, and uh, he was loath to change, and he needed to change, and that's why Duke changed. Um, if the the way that should have ended really was that they should have had a retirement ceremony 
for David Cutcliffe, and that's uh, that's not what happened. All right, uh, we'll come back. I want to talk a little bit. I want to uh, take this conversation a little nationally with Chip Patterson, uh, CBSSports.com, Cover 3 podcast moderator. We know the three. I think Chip mentioned who he thought the fourth would be, but we'll talk about that other spot, that last spot. Uh, also, what are state's goals the rest of the way? Next. Uh, before we get to the national picture, Clemson's the best team in the ACC. Who's the second best team in the ACC? NC State. Okay. NC State Wake Forest is the debate. Yes. I think Florida State's a little bit. Uh, I got too hot. I got I got caught up. Got oh, did you? Fever. <laughs> I was I was uh, over, over got a little bit over my skis. I think that. Uh, I think that very specifically the fact that Wake Forest was able to move the ball on the ground against Florida State's defense yeah. to ice that win speaks tremendously to Wake Forest and also that Florida State still does not have a roster worth saying that it right. is the second best team in the ACC. So it is an NC State-Wake debate where I think Wake has more data points against better teams, but I think that NC State has the better defense without debate and that they just thankfully they get to settle that one on the field for who yes. is the second best team. Here's the thing about it. I don't think it matters how good your defense is at times. I just think if you have a good offense, you're going to figure out a way to, to move because there are so many possessions in a college football game. If you have a good offense, you're probably going to score 30 something points. I just, I just don't know how you avoid it in college football. Like Clemson's got a good defense. I understand they had uh cornerback, they had coverage issues. Wake Forest didn't have any problems scoring. I don't care how good your defense is. If the other team has a good offense because of the number of possessions, there's going to be points on the board. That's just that's my default setting when it comes to college football. I mean, good offense beats good defense is right on the like bingo board of yes. <laughs> uh, you know, great, great football right. cliches. I, mean, I, I just used six paragraphs for a cliche. That's all. Yeah, good offense beats good defense. So <laughs> Ohio State for the national championship. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, look. I'm looking forward to the game between the Wolfpack and the Demon Deacons. And this, again, one more thing before we get into the uh, more of a national look. I am curious, when is the first job that's going to come open that they go, that guy knows what he's doing, meaning Dave Clawson? I thought that was a Dave Clawson thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's you know whose name doesn't get mentioned anymore? Luke Fickle. And Luke Fickle has every right to be at the top okay. of a Wisconsin, of a Nebraska, sure. of, a, of like any one of these job openings. And I just think that whether like back channels or whether even just outright conversations, Luke Fickle has said, no, I'm good. I mean. Well, I wouldn't go to Nebraska either. No, no fair, chance but, I'd go to Nebraska. If we were ranking coaches who have the on-paper credentials and resume to to be included in one of these candidates' lists, Luke Fickle should be on it, and he's not anymore. It's because he has nine kids, and he's perfectly happy, and Cincinnati's going to the Big 12. Right. And when Ohio State opens up, then we'll talk. Right. But until Ohio State opens up, he's going to stay in Cincinnati, which will be a Power 5 team here shortly right and raises nine kids it's i think that dave clausen has found the combination of two things institutional fit because everywhere right. that he's been a head coach has been 
a, a smaller university, Correct. you know, smaller size program. Uh, and then number two, the support from mm-hmm. the institution at the university president level and from the local community, from the alumni. I mean, Wake Forest doesn't have a huge alumni base, but they can uh, <clears throat> mobilize they do. when they need to get <laughs> something done, uh, when they need to start building facilities, when they need to yep. start raising money. They, can, they don't need a lot of hands to pass the hat around to be able to reach some of their fundraising goals. And I think that the people who are important like Dave, and Dave likes the people that are important, why, why would you run from that when you can really build something, um, build something special and continue to keep working on improving every little aspect of it? Dave Clawson sounds to me very, very happy with the institutional fit and the support that he has. And as long as he has that, why would you chase that to go somewhere else that might not be as good a fit and where it might even be a tough sell to a lot of the power brokers to hire this coach from Wake Forest? Well, it, it should never be a tough sell to hire somebody who is clearly great at his job. That's I understand the personality side of all that and the high-profile nature of it. Dave Clawson has proven to be great at his job. Um, he would not be the first person that didn't leave one job for another job because, hey, they can triple my salary because right. that's what could happen I don't know what Clawson makes. It's probably in the threes somewhere. Uh, there's no question that somebody could pay him nine. I mean, they, they're paying Mel Tucker. What is Mel Tucker making at Michigan State? You change your shirt. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> That's so funny. I uh, just recognize that now. Uh, they're, uh, Mel Tucker's making $9 million a year at Michigan State. It has not gone well. And I'm not slamming Mel Tucker for it, but I'm just saying they found money for uh, for Mel Tucker. Um Michigan four, Clemson five. Are we uh, we just playing this out? I don't know how many losses Clemson's got on their schedule between now and the end of the season. Uh, I don't right? think they're completely invulnerable, but um, is that is that the way we're looking at it? Those two teams until we get to Michigan, Ohio State. I am my projected record for the Michigan Wolverines heading into the regular season finale against Ohio state has not changed, but my stock price and my power rating of the Michigan Wolverines has changed based on the Maryland result and based on the Iowa result. because I think defense is not as awesome as I thought it was as they were literally pulverizing the worst non-conference schedule in all of FBS. Right. And the offense with J.J. McCarthy has been calmed a little bit. <laughs> By Iowa, not a surprise. Right. Maryland, a little bit of a surprise. So, I again, I think that this is still an undefeated or one-loss team at worst heading into the game against Ohio State. But I, as I power rank it or as I turn in my ballot for the CBS Sports 131, our college football rankings mm. of all FBS, mm-hmm. I'm, Clemson's four. Okay. Like Clemson's ahead of Michigan and Michigan is fending off a flawed, but explosive USC team. And then I think we start to take a step down into Mm -hmm. teams that have been good, but probably have a couple losses ahead in the future. State wins out. Are they in one of those other access bowls? Yeah, without a doubt. State wins out. That's an orange bowl team. And it's there. It's there for him. Like yes, that's, and that's the other part. Of like, okay, no, 
what can we still do? We we could get our first AP top ten finish in yeah. program history. No you question could go to the Orange Bowl. Like yeah. you've there is so much yeah. that is still there for NC State. And like I I don't think Clemson's gonna fall off. I just you know, discussed how I've been impressed with the way they won. I think the last two wins were the toughest games that are left on the schedule because Miami and Notre Dame are nowhere close to what we thought they were coming into the season. Mm-hmm. So the I mean, Clemson can keep this thing rolling. I think they're going to be 13-0 in ACC champions. I think the score of the ACC championship game will look like when they played Virginia, and it was 62-10. to 10. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, going back to offense, if it's North Carolina, I think North Carolina is going to figure out a way to score points on anybody, uh, but I do think Clemson will. They ain't going to get stops. Right. They gave it 52-35. Yes. You better. Yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> Jimmy Phillips. Start that game early. Don't give us the, <laughs> it's 7.30, but we started at 7.47. If it's Clemson in North Carolina, we're going to need four hours. And it's going to be a long night because we're going to have the college football playoff selection special the next day. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> suggestion. I'm, I, am, uh, I am with you on that. All right. Th- th- this is a personal beef of mine that I just want you to uh, either tell me I'm crazy or what. I think Wisconsin is one of the best jobs in the country, uh, and it looks like Jim Leonard, who's the defensive coordinator, who's now going to be the acting head coach with the firing of Paul Christ. I think that's one of the best jobs in the country for this reason, because this is a program that, for the most part, few exceptions, but there are exceptions, ain't that good, but they have good records, and everybody thinks they're great, and they're not. Am I crazy? You are crazy, because they... Listen... When you are able to recruit right. the beer and cheese fed linemen <laughs> that maul right. everyone else for the rest of the country, that's that is a great building block for uh your team. The, Why don't they the, beat the, anybody? What do you mean? They 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 clean up on the, the weak side of the Big Ten. The Big Ten West is terrible. I mean the competition there is Iowa and Minnesota, and we're done. See, I think Bielema showed you the ceiling because Ohio State cycled down and Wisconsin won legit Big Ten titles, three of them in a row. Like that that says what you can do, which is like you're not going to get ahead of Ohio State, right. but let Ohio State and Michigan both slip up at the okay. same time. So that's taking advantage point. of other people's failures. Well, that means that Wisconsin is the fourth best job in the Big Ten, and that's that is a great place to be. I th- here's what's the most interesting thing I about the Wisconsin job to me. Wait, why can't you stand them? I hate them. I it? hate everything about them. Sorry, I just can't. I'm, really? I'm, uh, yes. Yeah, they're like the St. Louis Cardinals to me. I I like Wisconsin. I, the Wisconsin <laughs> predictability. I happen great. to like Jim Leonard, though. I love Jim Leonard. So this is the thing that's interesting is, so Chris McIntosh, former All-American at right. Wisconsin, is the new athletic director. And Jim Leonard we believe is getting his audition yeah. right here. Paul Christ was a Barry Alvarez guy, mm-hmm. the old athletic director. There's some real daddy's not in charge anymore. Next Good. generation taking over vibes going on, which can backfire. <laughs> I just I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm rooting for Jim Leonard because he is somebody who's on the rise. And yeah, my read on this in case you didn't go over this already this week is that, there are wins ahead on the Wisconsin schedule. And so 
Chris McIntosh would like for Jim Leonard to get those oh, yeah. wins rather than for Paul Chris to get those wins and make it a little bit more difficult to make that decision because McIntosh, the big money people around Wisconsin, they're ready to turn the page and go to the new era. So here you go. Jim Leonard, you got a chance to be have the fourth best job in the Big Ten. You just got to beat Northwestern. Good luck. Just... I just don't see Wisconsin beating good teams. That's my that's that's been my issue for a long time. Like I said, there are some there are some outliers there because they have been in the past. There have been years where they have been great. I just think for the most part they don't have to be because there's nobody in that a half. Some game at the top. It fundamentally is like not everybody can always be beating good teams. This oh. isn't the NFL. No, I there's understand that. Here. I understand People that. Pump your head on the ceiling and Wisconsin. That to me, that's what is um, that mark. Texas A and M hasn't done that, you know. Like Texas A and M, when other programs have cycled down, mm-hmm. have not been able to cycle up. I agree. Wisconsin, when the big dogs have cycled down, they have been able to cycle up. I think that that is a that is an aspirational position for a college football program. Vultures. That's what you just called Wisconsin. They are vultures. They are hey, they are ready to eat. To pick, the, pick the carcasses of the hey, other side. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> it also gets you fed and on to the next day. All right, put your jacket on, Chip Patterson. You're going to be on the TV soon. CBS Sports HQ coming up in about 10 minutes. Chip Patterson, I thank you very much, man. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Unbelievable. See, that's I, I need. I needed that. I yeah. I willingly accepted being put in my place, but. <laughs> He, no, he's not going to convince me that I'm wrong, but I appreciate uh, all of that. All right. Uh, Orange Wedges. And now, 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 your halftime entertainment. Okay, so I'm kind of excited about this. Um, today is National Be Nice Day. So, open some doors, say thank you, and please to people, maybe give a random compliment Maybe let someone in in traffic, you know, use your blinkers. Oh, that's no, a that's nice not going to happen. <laughs> you just I mentioned reaching? two things that do not happen. No, People will, will like, inch up ahead of you like, you're not going to get in front right. of me. Like, we're not moving anywhere. No. You're not going to be so far ahead. All you're doing is mucking up progress here. Yes, I know. Yeah. Maybe today. Maybe just for today. It's pretty outside, at least here, yeah. so... I don't know. Can I think people understand just... merging? It's like a zipper. It, right. There is such a thing. It's called zipping. It's yes. a zipper. Uh-huh. Like, you go, I go. You go, I go. Your lane, my lane. Your lane. That, that's it. Yeah. And then everybody's happy. We all understand the deal. Right? Maybe you're nice and someone throws up a hand and not, like, a certain finger instead. Yes. So, you know. Cheese for, guns. For, yeah. The cheese guns. There you go. So, just so you know, keep that in mind in case you're a little angry. Just be nice today. <laughs> Also, something that's fun and nice is when you find something cool and interesting. Are you a Goodwiller? Do you like to go to Goodwill? I mean, I, I donate items to Goodwill. Yes. I have not shopped okay. in Goodwill, but I, I see people go in that store all the time. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of friends who are Goodwillers, and if you didn't know this, they actually launched a Goodwill Finds website. So now you don't <laughs> have to actually go to a store. Wait. You can get... <laughs> can get your cheap stuff online. Interesting. But does that not take away from the appeal of going in? I mean, I don't know because I don't go that often, 
But I know the times that I have, it's cool when you find that thing that you didn't know you needed and you still don't, but you got it because it's $1.85 or like... I have actually never been inside of Goodwill, yes, other than the donation area. You have to go inside because you will find some interesting things there every time. Probably some dirty things, but some interesting things too because people do just give whatever when they move, so... You, you never know what you can find. So online, apparently, you can find anything. But beware, because they do say that there's nothing less than $5, and you still have to pay shipping. So that's <laughs> in a lot of people. It's expensive once it reaches $5. But if you like Goodwill, you can now find things online. So Interesting. there you go. This also ties into it because a lot of people go to Goodwill around this time of year for... Halloween costumes. Oh, that's good. That is what they'll go for. Well, here are some of the most popular costumes for kids, adults, and pets. So adults, I love this one so much. The inflatable T-Rex. Okay. It will never not be funny to me. I don't know why. Of course, Wonder Woman, Buddy the Elf, Dark Knight. That's all like, nah, I've seen it. Kids, Paw Patrol, Justice League, Darth Vader. So cute if I see a little dude who's a Darth Vader. So cute. (laughs) But then here we go. Pet costumes. Give them all to me. Minions, uh, Bette Midler's Winifred, a uh, character from Hocus Pocus, Beetlejuice. Uh, wait, a, a, a dog as a minion? Yes. Oh, that would be awesome. I know. So for me, I need all the pet costumes. I like the ones with the little arms that hang off the side, too. So when it's wobbling around, you can just, oh, my gosh, give them all to me. So, yeah, on the Twitters, we're going to have to get people to share their pictures. But those are the the go-to ones this year. I like the homemade costumes, though, so I want to see those, too. And speaking of Halloween, there's costumes and there's candy. Here in England, they have now made a survey of whether they should put what exercises you need to do by the calories to burn off said food. Now, would this be a would you be a fan of this if there was maybe a candy bar and on the side it said you're going to have to run for like 45 minutes if you want to eat this and burn this off? Uh, yeah, I, I, that the, that would yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, that'd be fine. I I perspective. I, mean, I, I kind of know that anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. So I try. I have a. I have this thing with empty calories. Yes. I don't like. I have a. I don't like to consume empty calories. Mm-hmm. I need something out of it. Like chips to me. What a waste. I know. Not to mention you can't eat one serving of chips. Not at all. Never. You get a bag. Go to the store. Get a bag. Pay three and a quarter for whatever the chips are. There's seven servings of chips in that bag, and it is really one. Exactly. So stop. It's like a pint of uh, ice cream. Oh, yeah. The pint of ice cream has four servings in it. Gone. You lie. One time. Yeah. Sit down one time, one football game. Stop it with your four servings. (laughs) I know. And fun fact, um, so I don't know the actual equivalent, but I did see something about potato chips where... It's really a bag of potatoes, like 20-plus potatoes or something in one bag. But you wouldn't eat 20 potatoes. It's just the way they slice them and fry them. 
It's just you can't help yourself. You can't just have one or two chips. Yeah, I don't think there's 20 potatoes in one bag. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yes, now there's a study where they're actually going to maybe put that equivalent on there so you can see just what kind of bad choices you're making in life. Okay. Yeah, I I would support that. I would support the... uh, that plan, that Man. that notion. Well, it's good to know going into the holidays anyway. But you know, <laughs> I have a theory that uh, during the holidays and your birthday, calories don't count. So there that's, you go. That's a very good theory. <laughs> this is the Adam Gold Show. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.